Welcome to Haunt... Whoa, my voice is <laughs> fucked up right now. Before we get started, I have a weird voice thing right now, so if it sounds weird, it's not my fault. Um, welcome to Haunted Hometowns, your weekly true crime paranormal podcast. My name is Blake Lambert-Hack, and this season I will be covering deaths and hauntings in Chicago with a different special guest every week. Today, I am joined by a fantastic musician... A teacher, a baker, an artist, and honestly, the list never ends. Aww. My great friend, Dana Brown. I'm so flattered. <laughs> Thank How you. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> How would you describe a ghost to everyone listening? A ghost? To, okay, I have a feeling that people listening probably know what a ghost is. Otherwise, why are they listening? <laughs> um... A ghost is someone who is beyond this lifetime and makes themselves known to the living in some way or another. So they have to be dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a, a prerequisite for ghosthood, <laughs> I would think. Um, so you believe in ghosts? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Point blank. Yeah. Do you, how, how much uh, Chicago ghost history do you know? Um, not very much. Most of it I've learned from you <laughs> on this show or before the show. Well, I ask because you love horror movies. I do. And I'm, I, I know about ghosts and such, but I have not lived in Chicago forever. So like, right, right, right. there are some that like everybody around the country know about and then... There are some that I'm like, oh, like your episode last week um, that I listened to. <laughs> I was like, I was just in Lincoln Park and had no idea there were ghosts there. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, cool. Are you ready for Deaths and Hauntings at the Congress Hotel? Oh! Yes! <laughs> I'm so ready. Hold on. Tilly is chewing on your cord and she should not be. Um, we have a secondary guest. If this cat... <laughs> yeah, my... Oh, my you chased her away good. Yeah, I did. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. She, uh... This is the second cat that's been part of the podcast now, oh so... Gosh. <laughs> yeah, Tilly will make herself known to all listeners. Whoa. <laughs> Skidding around. Okay. She heard her name and she got excited. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Um, at least she's not chewing on your stuff anymore. No, that is Okay. Um, I'm so excited that we're talking about the Congress. I, that was going to be my guess <laughs> because we went to college right across the street. We did. And, and we've, we've been to the Congress Hotel together. Yeah. Like the two of us, we've wandered right. the hotel. I'm fascinated by ghosts. So like, it would just be like a commonplace thing for me to just go walk into the hotel and just... No one needs to like check to see if you belong there. No, you can no. just walk into a hotel and go look at the floors that you heard are haunted. And <laughs> it's fun. So, this is where I'm kind of interested, to, because you looked up or have heard Congress Hotel ghost stories before, I'm sure, and I don't know if the ones I'm going to talk about today are the ones you've heard of or not. But I'm sticking with the theme of the podcast of true crime paranormal so i don't want to get into a lot of random hauntings and stuff like that so people listening can look it up on their own or visit and check it out <laughs> yeah that sounds good i uh, i have like random knowledge of things that happen there here and there but none very detailed yeah yeah, yeah. So. well let me because there are so many at that hotel it's literally known as the most haunted hotel Chicago's like, most haunted hotel. Al Capone, as we all know, has spent a considerable a considerable amount of time in the hotel because he sometimes lived in the hotel. 
but he also used the tunnels under the hotel for smuggling alcohol. Fun, like Which... into our college. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Not, I not mean, a college at the time. But. Not a college at the time, but very much could be for sure. Um, so a lot of people have said that they see Al Capone just like drinking at the bar. We love to see it. Yeah. We love a ghost who loves their alcohol. He also, you know, helped murder hundreds of people, so... You know, fun guy. Why not stick around after dying? Right, yeah. I don't think Satan or God would want you in their presence (laughs) at that point. Yeah, so just hang... Yeah. Keep out. So kind of go back to the St. Valentine's Massacre that I talked about a couple weeks ago. Um, When, after that happened, one of the members of the Chicago Outfits called... Capone while he was visiting Florida in the Congress Hotel. Thank you, Tilly. So after they murdered the seven gang members, Jake Greasy Thumb Gusick called Al at the, or he called him from the hotel. So Al Capone has a rich history at the hotel, as do I think a lot of people in history because it was one of very few hotels at the time i'm sure a lot of people spent the night there got it but it's a pretty hotel it's beautiful inside especially after the renovations and the expansion extensions and stuff like that but we also have room 441 which is very well known and no one really knows why it's haunted or what but it has had more calls to the front desk and security than any other room in the hotel. There's reports of a woman that will kick guests awake. Oh. That's just a little rude, honestly. <laughs> Tilly does that to me. <laughs> but she's a cat, not a ghost, so I mean, it's maybe fine. it is a ghost cat. Who's just... <gasps> how fun would that be? Oh my god, that'd be so great. I don't think we think of ghosts as being animals, but... No, we really don't. My grandparents, I believe, when their dog passed away, she was like, she was like 18 when she died, and I think my grandpa said he would hear her uh, collar when she would run around, you know? Like, her collar would ring, and after she passed away, he would still hear her collar for a bit, or a bell or something. Um... It's just a little sugar, a little Westie, a little white Westie named Sugar saying, it's okay. It was my time. I was old as shit. Aww. I was blind and deaf. It was time. So sad. Well, you know, um, Steven, for the listeners who don't know me, um, my boyfriend's old dog definitely haunts their house. See? Like, I've never seen her, yeah. but um, he and his parents see her all the time. That's crazy. Like constantly. She controls their ceiling fans, I guess. <laughs> just like, it's hot in here. Good for her. Yeah. As she should. Yeah, she's got a lot of hair. She needs some She needs some air. So in this room, you're kicked awake from an, uh, who knows what force. Rude. I don't know if they're seeing this woman or if they're just assuming it's a woman because of folklore or what, but they're kicked awake in the middle of the night, which is rude. They also hear strange noises from the room. And I don't know what is considered a strange noise. Yeah, that's what they hear. Yeah. That specifically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's me. (laughs) Surprise. I live at the Congress. Dana pops out of the closet. (laughs) Ha ha, gotcha. Ha ha, you thought it was a ghost. (laughs) It's just me. Some say the room inspired Stephen King's novel, 1408. Oh, okay. And then if you'd like to stay in the room, you can. It's one of the... There are a few, like sealed rooms in the hotel that you cannot stay in but this one you can stay in and get apparently i've seen like photos of it inside and it's not like a very nice room right it's in part of like the weird extension so you get like your window view isn't great right but i guess that just adds to the creepiness yeah i have stayed at the congress before Oh, you have? Yeah, when I was here for my audition for Roswell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I stayed at the Congress, and it was 
normal. <laughs> <laughs> but I have also seen the sealed rooms. Like, that's what I went and looked at when I was there. So. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. There's... I don't know about room 408, though. 441. 441. Got it confused. Sorry, sorry. No, 1408. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's the book? But Numbers. Um, <laughs> well, there's going to be a lot. <laughs> ah! <laughs> no, uh, the sealed rooms are, or the most notable ones, are 666. Surprise. Exactly. And 209, for whatever reason. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I do think it's interesting when hotels, like, we're just skipping room 666, or we're skipping the 13th floor. Like, it's just... Right. It's like... Why? (laughs) If you have that many rooms, just do it. It's not... Right. I don't know. If it becomes haunted, then it becomes haunted. Then, like, people who like ghosts will seek it out. And then you've got a niche crowd that comes to your place. Yeah. You become a legend. Right. That's why anyone stays at the Stanley Hotel. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. For sure. A couple other... um, There is... The Florentine room, which we've been through, yes. which is a ballroom. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous inside. Shiny. There's apparently an invisible woman that whispers to you. <laughs> she whispers, I do it in. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. then you just run out screaming. It's like, oh gosh, it stinks in here. Do you think ghost farts smell worse than human I think their stench transcends what we can sense. Okay, yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> I've never smelled a ghost fart. Ectoplasm Because they cloud. don't eat anything, so That's it doesn't true. smell like anything. Well, maybe they eat ghost food. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a ghost. Contrary to popular belief. Also, in the Florentine room, you'll see moving chairs by themselves. Yes. Actually, Steve and I, like, set up. We were walking around the Florentine room, just creeping around Mm -hmm. like we do. Um, College antics, you know. And we, like, staged a video of a chair moving. (laughs) But really, it was just, like, my pinky in the bottom. (laughs) Yeah. It was fun. Throw that in the uh, book of moving chairs. Like a... What am I trying to say? Like a video collage. Of all the moving chairs in the Florentine room. Oh, we made like an entire video, like edited in iMovie and everything, <laughs> of like a fake Ghost Hunters video. Perfect. Have, did I show that to you? No. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to send it because it fits this episode. We should visit again and we'll make other videos. Like today? It's within walking distance. We can go. You're right, we could go. Oh my God, let's go. Oh. You know what? Here we go. Um, that's the episode. Enjoy Bye. your... Uh... <laughs> no, I'll let you know a little bit more about the hotel before we leave. But oh, okay. um, moving chairs and then sounds of knocking. I don't know if they want to be left let in somewhere. I don't know if they're looking for treasure under the floorboards. Mm. But there's knocking. Let me into the ballroom, please. Exactly. There's something called the Hand of Mystery, and a lot of people don't necessarily, like, believe it, but it is said that it comes out of a coat closet wall. Oh. So, like, you open the coat closet, maybe you put a coat away, and a hand comes out of the wall. I think the folklore is that someone was, like, trapped behind the walls and then died. Ooh. Maybe during, like, the construction or something, and then the hand comes out. Ooh. I like to think its purpose now is to like stop you from taking your coat. Like you're going to put your coat on and the ghost is like, um, excuse me. No, it's too hot outside. for Yes. That. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice ghost. Right. It's, yeah. Helps you. Looking out for your body temperature. Yes. That's yeah. what I was trying to say. Um, I kind of think of Scooby-Doo when Velma looks in a closet and it's like, nope. And then she like turns around and walks away in this house. And just misses her as she walks away in the oh, trailer. Yeah. It's or in the opening scene. It's funny. The classic sound. Exactly. <laughs> um, there's a roaming man on the eighth floor. It's me. It's Dana again in the closet and on the eighth floor. <laughs> I'm omnipresent. Um, there's a shadow man. Also me. Also Dana. There's a twelfth floor little boy. That's Tilly. <laughs> <laughs> it's my cat. It's a little boy cat. Um, <laughs> there's Peg Lake Johnny, who is probably the most notable in the hotel. Wow. 
And then another big one is America's first serial killer, H.H. H. Holmes. <gasps> dun, dun, dun! I, I know a lot about him. Yeah. Yeah. He, that will be a future episode. Oh, um, I can't how wait. can I do this podcast without mentioning? Oh my god, yeah. Him, he's iconic. Right. Notorious, I should say. Yeah. But he would meet women at the Congress Hotel and lure them back to his pharmacy slash house. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So that's his connection of with the Congress Hotel because it was during the. <laughs> expedition and everything so there were a lot of people visiting and stuff but right i have to imagine that that post office where his hotel used to be is pretty haunted oh i'm sure Mm -hmm. i'd love to talk to a post worker see if they've seen anything yeah i'll make it down there eventually (laughs) but okay just a little brief history of the congress plaza hotel which is the official name of it Opened in 1893 as an extension to the Auditorium Building. So it was originally called the Auditorium Annex. Oh. So it really was part of the Auditorium Building. And for those who don't know the Auditorium Building, it was like the first multi-purpose building ever built. It was a theater. It was a hotel. It had restaurants. It had stores you could shop in. It had everything. And then when Chicago got bigger and... uh, more people started living and visiting and stuff like that. And because of the Chicago World's Fair that they were hosting, they built the Congress Hotel to house more visitors. But the two buildings were linked by a marble-lined underground passage called Peacock Alley, which is now bricked up, of course, because both hotels or both buildings are owned by different people now. Did you, do you have you seen like the bricked-up portion that's yeah. attached to Roosevelt? I think we were down there looking for. Props. Set pieces, props. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's uh, it's creepy down there too. It's so creepy. Like the floor is like super uneven, and I'm sure that if we weren't down there with like a bunch of people looking yeah. for these props, then we probably would have seen something <laughs> exactly. that wasn't a prop. But we didn't because they don't like yeah. to show themselves to a lot of people at one time. Yeah, they're they're shy. Shy ghosts. Yeah, I do. Think it's kind of hard to imagine that area now as being like nice looking. I know as like it's... a passageway for people, like a marble, and right. it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's a uh, real dirty <laughs> and like damp. <laughs> yes, I'm sure there are several spiders just waiting to pounce Ew. if you are alone. Gross. <laughs> I'm more afraid of the spiders than I am of the ghosts that are definitely down there. Oh, same. Yeah, a hundred percent. Ew. Uh, like I said, it opened for the World's Columbian Exposition in 1893. If you don't know, that is a World's Fair that they celebrated the 400th year of Columbus arriving to the quote-unquote New World. Not so new. Not so you know. new, but you know. New to them. And he didn't discover it, but let's no. celebrate him anyway. Mm. Yeah. Um, There were two expansions, like I was talking about, one in 1902 and one in 1907, which brought the hotel to 871 rooms slash suites. Wow. So it's a large hotel. Yeah, I would say. I would say, yeah. Definitely for a city. Right. It's not sprawling. It's like a city block. And I will say, like, the rooms in there, having stayed there and a few other hotels in the area, Mm -hmm. um, their rooms are huge. Okay. Because a lot of like, well, relatively speaking, they're mm-hmm. not like actually huge, but yeah, like relative to a lot of other city hotel right. rooms, they're pretty big. They're pretty spacious. And for being built in 1893, that's surprising. Right. Because I worked in a hotel that was built in like the 1940s, I believe. Those rooms are not, they're the smallest hotel rooms I've probably seen. Oh my god! They're tiny, and obviously they have like six suites as well, and those suites are huge. But the regular hotel rooms, they've got thin walls and are pretty small. Yeah. But, I don't know. Go stay at the Congress Hotel. There have been more minor reserva- uh, renovations since, but nothing of significance. And then the Auditorium Building. So this is what I thought was interesting when we took tours of the auditorium building before college and stuff like that. 
they said that the reason the auditorium building didn't really last as a hotel for much longer after the Congress was built was that the auditorium building had public restrooms. Oh. And then when the Congress was built, it all had private restrooms. That makes sense. I did right. wonder about that. Yeah. Like, as we were taking classes in the auditorium yeah. building, I'm like, if these were hotel rooms, where would the bathrooms go? <laughs> exactly. But Just apparently, the <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Wherever you could find a spot, right. stairwell. Yeah. Um, awesome. But yeah, they had public restrooms, which I guess makes sense back then in the 1800s. But yeah, when the Congress was built, they had luxury private bathrooms. So why would you not want that over to share a bathroom with a bunch of random adults? That's that's living large, you know, having your own private bathroom. That's like... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to start with the 12th floor little boy, or as Dana said, Tilly is haunting the 12th floor. (laughs) Though apparently some people see him on the sixth floor as well. But I think he's more commonly known to be seen. Maybe it's the second little boy. Maybe there are two little boys wandering the hotel. Gotcha. Okay. Um, this is this is kind of a random question. Do you know off the top of your head how many floors this building has? I should know this. You know, Dana, I did the research and I did have that. But I did not write it down. So let me... I'm actually going to look it up because I'm curious. To, no! They have 12. Got it. That's what I thought. They have 12, yes. The 12th floor in one of the towers is the one where, like, every single room is sealed shut. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is this little boy really such a monster? (laughs) He's terrorizing everyone. He is super rude, I guess. Yeah, I'm not sure if... I, I haven't been on the 12th floor, so I don't really know what it looks like. But from my understanding is that it isn't really like any of the other rooms. Like, it's not like you walk down a hall and there's rooms on both sides of the hall and stuff like that. I think it's one side has rooms and the other side is, like, windows to Got Chicago. It. Yeah, okay. I believe. Okay. The little boy on the 12th floor is presumed to be a six-year-old Carl Longer. His mother Adele and her two sons were refugees from Prague during Hitler's rise to power in the 30s. Yeah, not great times. No. Her husband, Carl Sr., was still in Prague and was supposed to meet her in America, but he was held up while trying to sell his textile mill, Mm. as a lot of people at that time were trying to run away, but they had all these businesses that they didn't know what to do with, and all their money was sunk into these businesses, so... Right. Can't just leave it. Yeah, it was a rough time. Yeah. Carl Sr. claimed, quote, I practically gave it away to my oldest employees because I felt Hitler would soon seize it or order me to give it away. Oof. Bad times. Yeah. The goal was to find work in Canada while they lived in the U.S. on a six-month visitor's visa. Adele was depressed from being forced away from home and had talked about dying from suicide. Which, I get. It's hard to... You know when you decide to move cross-country or to a different country? You plan that. Right. And just to pick up and then be like, okay, I guess we're doing this tomorrow. That's a whole next level. That's... You don't have any of the stuff with you. It's literally what you can pack in your bag. Yeah, that's jarring to say the least. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I would be very upset, and I don't, like, depressed is... Understandable. Understandable. Yeah. Carl, the boy, the six-year-old, was thrown out a window by his mother, Adele, along with his brother, Jan Misha, who was four years old, oh. in the late 1930s before she jumped to her own death on the sidewalk of Michigan Avenue. Okay, so this is one that I have heard. I didn't know everything leading up to it. Right. But, gosh, that's that's rough. That's yeah. brutal. I, I will never understand what she was feeling and why she felt the need to toss her boys out first. But right. also, to do it on Michigan Avenue. Right. 
That's hard. Right. There's a lot of people walking up and down Michigan Avenue. Yeah. Especially across the street from Buckingham Fountain. Like, that's... Oh, yeah. That's, like... busy tourist spot. Right. I've been in that spot as a tourist many times. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And, oh, gosh, that is... I guess maybe in her brain it was merciful because just abandoning them, like... Right. That's brutal. I'm sure that's kind of what her thought process was, but that's still, like... I want to say there was a better way. <laughs> but we'll know. never know. I don't know her brain. The jury found her to be insane from fear of being deported, even though they had received a letter offering them permanent refugee and refuge in Canada. Oh. So that makes... I don't know if she knew that at the time, you know? I'm going to guess probably not. Yeah. But I think her husband was, like, hard at work getting that right. approved and stuff. But... A little busy. Yeah. Right. It's oh. said that the bodies were taken to the morgue and buried. But the body of the six-year-old Carl was misplaced, which is why he still haunts the hotel today. Oh, buddy. Yeah. That sucks. I guess that's, I mean, that's as good a reason as anybody. He didn't get his um, burial, his uh, nice. Right. It's probably just lost. Right. Where do I go? Exactly. I uh, might as well hang out the one place I knew in America. Right. <laughs> oh, buddy. So apparently Carl is said to chase guests down the 12th floor hall and be generous, generally mischievous. I mean, yeah. that's If you're a six-year-old ghost, you're going to like <laughs> exactly. want to play. That's what six-year-olds do. I hang out with them all the time. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. Dan is an elementary music teacher, so you know firsthand what six-year-olds are like. Yes, they... I could see them chasing people down a hall. Like, that's, <laughs> that's just common practice. If you have free reign of a hotel... Oh my god, you're going to have so much fun. I think of Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Oh the TV god. Show. But, like, imagine them as six-year-olds. It'd and be even worse. ghosts. <laughs> remake. Let's do it. Well, Dana, we're going to remake Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Yes. <laughs> Afterlife edition. <laughs> Starring Tilly. Okay, so this is this next one is probably my favorite. It is about Pegleg Johnny. Catchy. He is his identity is a mystery. Nobody knows who he is, unfortunately. But he has said he has said that he was a homeless man murdered in the alley behind the hotel before it was built. Oh. So I think that's why he's the most seen. Right. Or the most prominent in the hotel because he's been around the entire time. Yeah, the original ghost. <laughs> exactly. Oh, buddy. Most reported ghost in the hotel, and some say the ghost predates the murder. So that's where it gets a little fishy, mm. is that there are um, witnesses who have claimed to see Pegley Johnny before the homeless man that was murdered in the alley happened. Okay. Maybe it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, we want an answer. Oh, this guy was murdered. Exactly. Problem solved. Though I do have another fascinating option. So we'll get that in a second. Okay. You can see Peg Lake Johnny, the ghost, in many different places in the hotel and is said to be mischievous, like turning the lights on and off and moving furniture. And again, as a ghost, if you don't have a grudge or anything, why not? It'd be right. fun to, like, mess with people in that way. Right. You're just trying to entertain yourself, man. Like, gotta exactly. be boring otherwise. <laughs> exactly. That's kind of how I think of, like, vampires. If they're alive forever, it's like, forever's a long time. I've right. got to find some way to entertain myself. Right. Why not move some chairs? Yeah. And just, <laughs> just the clap on, clap off lights. Oh, yeah. And then just a ghost in the other room. <laughs> the lights turn off. <laughs> Wasn't there a movie where that was like part of the game that they were playing? Mm, Conjuring. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just talking about that movie today. Well, yeah. The third one comes out this week. I know. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I, I, <laughs> I don't like to watch movies, but the Conjuring movies are so good. Okay. I want to play that game too, though, where you go hide and seek. It's like hide and seek, but you have to clap. Like, that'd be fun. We could play it here, but um, <laughs> we don't have a lot of space. I think it would be pretty short lived. I'll start clapping. You and I hide until he can come and find us. She won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's go play it in the Congress. 
There you go. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. So my theory and something I read in an article that is not the homeless man that was murdered. Peg Leg Johnny is actually the ghost of Conway, the one-legged killer clown of 1912. How do I not know about this? Right? What is this? <laughs> First of all, a one-legged clown is... Let's even go farther. A clown is creepy <laughs> in itself. Right. Then you have a one-legged clown. And then you have a one-legged serial killer. I don't want to call him a serial killer, but a killer clown. I didn't realize there were more murderous clowns than just John Wayne Gacy. Exactly. And in the same area. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Illinois, the breeding ground for murderous clowns. <laughs> I mean, to me, Milwaukee and Chicago are the only cities worth, like, St. Louis is okay, but... <laughs> never been there, never been to Milwaukee. I've spent, like, the hours I could, I've spent in, in Wisconsin, I could count on one hand. <laughs> it's, I've been there, like, twice that's okay. for a second. I mean, that's... Sorry, Wisconsin. I'm sure you're great. Don't be sorry. to Don't apologize to Wisconsin. <laughs> I mean. The only thing I can think of is like they're skiing, but you come from Colorado, so it's just uh, not the same. Yeah, I would never ski in Wisconsin. Right, exactly. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> if I want to go ski, I'll go back home. <laughs> right, exactly. Or a lake house. But there's lake houses everywhere, so it's not like. Right. It's not like. Wisconsin has a monopoly on lake houses versus other states. No, you can find lakes in other places. Or Wisconsin, yeah. Not really Colorado, though. That's one thing Wisconsin has that Colorado <laughs> kind of doesn't. Our lakes are ponds. We're a desert. That's unfortunate. I'm mm, sorry. It's fine. We've got a reservoir. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Conway, the one-legged killer clown of 1912. Now, Chicago Tribune and Milwaukee Journal were the papers to cover the murder of Sophia Singer. Sophia was last seen at a drugstore in Chicago while she was visiting from Baltimore. She had recently inherited $35,000. So good for Sophia. Puts a target on her back. Especially in early 1900s. Uh, yeah. She was rolling in it. Yeah, she's living large. Charles N. Kramer and his wife Louisa Kramer were wor- worked in a circus act as a line tamer, high diver, and Conway the Clown. Okay, it's all coming together. Right, so this wasn't like a... I like to dress up as a clown for fun. Right. Which is kind of how Jeffrey Dahmer... No, John Wayne John Wayne Gacy was. Yeah, that was his side gig. Yeah. He was a clown for a side gig. He did it for fun, because I don't think he was making any money on it. I don't think so. I could be wrong. (laughs) But this guy, Conway, or Charles Kramer, who went as Conway the Clown, this was his job. job. Okay, he's a professional clown. Yes, so all the professional clowns out there, we respect you. Yes, we do. But don't become a killer clown. I only, I will only slander the murderous clowns. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm sorry that murderous clowns uh, give you guys a bad rep. Yeah. But have you seen that documentary about Wrinkles the Clown? No, but why is that his name? Oh my god, it's amazing. It's oh this no. guy in, I believe, Florida. But somewhere would in the be. south. Would right, be Florida. Where you can call him. He has like a extension number or whatever. You can call him and ask him to like freak out anyone. So if I called, I'd be like, hey, Rink-, I leave a message. I'm like, hey, Wrinkles the Clown, I want you to scare my friend Dana on like Friday night at 11 p.m. And then you pay him through whatever form of, like, Venmo or something. And then he shows up. He, like, he'll either stand outside your house or he'll follow you to your car. Or, like, that's his job. No, thank you. How (laughs) has he not been murdered yet? Right. Because I feel like, especially in the South, not to, like, peg... Uh, stick myself <laughs> in the south, but um, I would not want to like make my job scaring people. Right. Where I don't know. That's I, not I in like a haunted house or not. Right. Yeah. yeah. I feel like the the possibility of someone getting mad and being like, "Pop, pop, 
exactly. <laughs> is way high. It's very high, for sure. No, thank you. Is and he, he looks, okay? He looks really creepy, too. Because his mask that okay. he wears, it's a mask. He doesn't okay. paint. Right. It's a overly wrinkled mask, and it's really creepy. Um, is he okay? Is he, like, around? Is They... I believe they interview him okay. in the documentary, but they kind of never show his face. Right. And at the end, they kind of show a guy's face, but it's kind of alluded that it's not who Wrinkles is, but someone he hired to, like, you know? Got it. It's like a Banksy situation. Right. Very that. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Performance art. Yes. Do you remember a few years ago when, like, all like all around the country, just, like, yes. here and there, all these clowns showed up and, like, actually murdered people? Mm. But, like, not just, like, one, but, like, lots of them. It was a huge deal. Yeah. I was, like, I was very freaked out about that. I, I'm not, like, scared of clowns as, like, I have a fear of clowns. But right. But, like, that was freaky. Yeah, it was. To know that there are clowns that are going to hurt people. Oh, it's for like, sure. No thanks. Well, John Wayne Gacy doesn't help that. And neither no. does Conway the one-legged killer clown. Yeah, okay. Back <laughs> to <laughs> Conway. Okay. So, yeah, they worked in a circus, and, uh... Obviously, working in a circus, you don't make a ton of money. And as performers, we know what <sighs> performing's like. <laughs> the heaviest side yes. the heaviest part. <laughs> but unfortunately, Charles lost a portion of his leg, I believe from the knee down, or below the knee. Oh, buddy. Due to a high-diving circus accident. Well, at least there's, like, a good story that goes with it instead of, like, you know... Yeah, I tripped or a car hit me, yeah. Right. You don't have to make one up. Right. Actually, yeah. Okay. He was high diving and probably landed the wrong way, you know. My grandpa did high diving oh, for a while, and his stories are wild. Because you have to... I mean, you have to dive a very specific way... I'm sure. ...to land in this, like, little pool to not injure yourself. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> Do you know about the high diving at the famous terrible restaurant in Denver, Casa Bonita? No. There's a really terrible restaurant called Casa Bonita. It's part of a strip mall. <laughs> and it's like pink on the outside and they've got people in gorilla costumes. Oh and there's God. a waterfall and a person high diving inside. <laughs> there's a South Park episode about it. Have you been to it? Of course. <laughs> we went there on school field trips. Oh my God. That is... I love that for you. I hope it's haunted. <laughs> <laughs> Gorillas high diving. It wasn't a gorilla that was high diving. Well, Those I'm were telling, two separate nope, entities. Nope, I'm telling people they're gorillas high diving. Oh my god. <laughs> Their food like barely passes as food too. I'm sure someone is haunting Casa Bonita because they died from eating their food. I, it's a novelty. It's not for a great food. It's yes. just for the kicks and giggles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, okay. Um, so <laughs> We're really taking a long time on Conway. I'm so sorry. Well, his life is fascinating. There's so it's, many tangents I can go on with just him. <laughs> I mean, his life is odd. It's not a normal life. Yeah, okay. Let's find out so, what happened. <laughs> he is missing below his leg, right, because of the high diving. And because of that, because he, they don't make a ton of money, they end up moving in with the wealthy couple... Will Horton and Sophia Singer. Okay. They're being very generous. I think they became really good friends. Either they visited the circus or they met somewhere in Chicago, but they became like good friend couples. Okay. And then they offered to let them stay at their place. Mm-hmm. Very nice. <laughs> it said that Will and Sophia paid for everything. So they were very generous. One evening, Will went out for the evening to gamble, but when he returned, he found Sophie, Sophia strangled to death. Aww. She was under the bed with her feet sticking out, her hands tied with clothes lines, and her throat stuffed with a handkerchief. Rude. And all her jewelry was stolen. Unfortunately. Poor Sophia. Poor Sophia. It's kind of, you never want to be left to die like the Wicked Witch in Wizard of Oz. No. Never seen that movie still. Dana. <laughs> like, I shouldn't be surprised when you tell me you haven't seen movies, but... <laughs> You've seen... You know what I'm talking about, though, with the house landed on her feet or stuck yeah. out from under the house. I was in a musical version. Don't worry. 
I, I do know about this. But yeah, well, that would be a bad way to go. The couple were caught and sentenced shortly after. So Charles and Louisa Kramer were caught. And Charles was sentenced to life and Louisa 14 years. Okay. Uh, she only served a year. What happened to her after that year is nobody knows, but she only served a year. Off the grid. And uh, Charles escaped after 12 years. <gasps> oh, no. So that was 1925, and he has never been seen again. There was an article about him in 1929, which placed him in Toledo, and his mother tried collecting his life insurance in 1932, but his body was never his body was never found so his mom was like i've never seen him i haven't seen him since he was since he was in jail he escaped his body's just gone so like give me his life insurance right like he's not around anywhere right he must be dead right and the people were like yeah that's not how that works (laughs) so you don't get the life insurance but a paper in uh, toledo said that he was living in toledo but nobody saw him like nobody knows for sure right so there's no proof that he was in the Congress Hotel, but Sophie Singer was murdered just a couple miles from the hotel by Conway. Ooh, okay. So I think the idea is like either they, after murdering her, they ran to the Congress Hotel, maybe, or when he escaped from prison, he hid out in the Congress Hotel. Nobody knows. But I think that's a better option than some homeless guy that passed away in the back alley right so wait uh when was the like what year was the homeless guy uh we murdered? don't well it's conflicting stories that's why we don't have a set got date it. Okay. some people say he was murdered before the hotel was built got it what if they were the same person what if they were the same person <gasps> yeah because that would have been only like 20 30 years apart yeah. He could have been the homeless guy that was murdered. They're both true. <laughs> we could, like, make up a myriad of stories of to who Peg Lake Johnny is, but... Um... New Fury. It's me! <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! Surprise, Dana's missing a leg. <laughs> but, you know, and maybe it's a completely different person I than both those stories, but I think that murdering clown one-legged clown is fascinating and yeah i like i like that um that option i think it very well could be (laughs) i don't like that he was a murdering one-legged clown but you know i like that option it's a lot more interesting for sure now the shadow guy we don't know much about him but it's said that this shadow guy is one captain lou ostheim okay he was saying he was staying at the hotel in preparation for his wedding in 1900. Ooh, fun. And that's a it's a great hotel for weddings. Oh, absolutely. It's beautiful. Yeah. One afternoon he procured his marriage license and a revolver. Why he bought a revolver and a, his marriage license, I don't know, but both in the same day. Okay. That night he was found dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. The theory is that he accidentally shot himself after waking from a night terror, even though friends and family rejected the idea of self-harm. And he haunts the halls in search of his long-lost love. Maybe he just really didn't want to get married. (laughs) I think maybe his wife killed him, or his fiancée killed him. She said, I "I really don't want to get married. (laughs) Right. I don't know. Well... I'm trying to think, 1900, I'm sure it was very much still... Arranged. Right, or along that line of thinking. Right. He has he has money, he's a, he's a captain, he's important, he's a hero, you should marry him. Maybe she was younger. Yeah. And she said, no. no. <laughs> Instead of running down the aisle away, she shot him. Oof. But how do you accidentally shoot yourself in a night terror? Yeah, you don't. No, I don't think that's... No. Like from I a think, dream? Like, you're scared, but then... 
to be, I don't know, it seems a little too far-fetched. I've never had a night terror, so I don't know what it's like. But I'm guessing that if he did actually shoot himself and no one else did it, then it's probably just, I don't want to get married. Fair. But I don't know. I'm still betting on someone murdered him, but... It was me! <laughs> just kidding. I didn't do that. I, didn't, I don't murder people. Please don't come after me. Dana did not travel back in time to 1900 and murder right. a captain. I was not born yet. I promise. Believe it or not. <laughs> now, we don't really know how many people have died in the hotel hotels I don't want to stereotype and saying all hotels have a lot of murders but like a lot of murders do happen in hotels yeah I feel yeah there's there's kind of this sense of anonymity that happens with being right. in a hotel like you don't live there most of the time but exactly and like no one's doing a background check on you before you stay there right like if you can go get a drink with a fake ID then like you can get a hotel room with a fake ID. Oh, it wouldn't be that sure. hard. Or pay with cash or you know, right. you don't have to use a credit card or anything. Yeah, it's very anonymous, you're right. It's like a very much like don't ask, don't tell kind of situation. And I don't want to say murders only. I mean, there's suicides in oh, hotels that happen a lot. There's uh, accidental deaths in hotels a lot. Right. Um, so one of my favorites... <laughs> And some, some, like, obviously we don't have all the deaths, like I was saying, so I can't find all the history behind it. But someone I did find in a newspaper clipping was adver- advertiser G. Herb Palin. He died of a heart attack in 1928, so nothing scandalous. But he was the one that coined the phrase safety first. Oh. And was known as the $100,000 slogan man. Safety first is a solid slogan. Right? That has stuck around. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. So, yeah, he died in Congress Hotel, so maybe you'll oh. see him. Maybe he'll sell you a slogan while you're there. That'd be yeah. kind of fun. If you're, like, a slogan maker, comer, upper person, <laughs> and you're having writer's block, just go sit in the Congress. That's an excellent suggestion. Right. Good job, Dana. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into any of our personal ghost stories, we're going to take an extremely quick break. So look out for ghosts at the hotel. Maybe high five one if you see one. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We'll be right back. Okay, and we are back to share our own personal ghost stories with you guys. Dana, do you have any paranormal experiences? Yes, I do. And I think that um, I have a few, but I'm going to share just one um, that happened when I was traveling. Ooh, yeah, Dana likes to travel to Iceland and places like that, so I'm assuming it's in Iceland. It's not in Iceland, okay. <laughs> but I think I was there on the same trip as this. So. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, Iceland is known for ghost stories, too. Oh, like, absolutely. The stories about the Holda folk are fascinating to me. If you don't know them, go listen. <laughs> Maybe I'll uh, do a whole season of Iceland ghost stories. Oh my gosh, stories. that would be so cool. That'd I would be fine. 100% listen to that. Then we can travel to Iceland and yeah, you can go with your vaccine card now. Perfect. Yeah. I am I just want to travel again. That's like the I only know. thing I care about. <laughs> I know. It's been so tough. Yeah, I think, yeah. Okay, if not Iceland, then where are we talking? Edinburgh. Okay. Yeah. So, That's a big one too. I've heard many stories from there. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, I think pretty much anywhere, anywhere where there's like old civilizations, you're going to have <laughs> yeah. something. Um but definitely a lot of places in Europe. And, like, you know, you, you travel around, you get the feeling that, like, you know, something's a little spooky here and there. But yeah. um, this time was the first time I actually saw anything. Oh. Yeah, with my own eyes. 
And um, yeah, so I am someone where whenever I travel anywhere, if there is a ghost tour, I will do it. Same. It's a very touristy <laughs> thing to do. Same. But I will do it every time. Like anytime I travel with my family, they're like, is there anything you want to do? And every time it's just ghost tours. Yes. <laughs> I think they're enjoying it too. But anyway, um, in Edinburgh, there are two main bridges because the city itself, um, going back to the ice age here, <laughs> it was like ice was melting, made two really deep, Gotcha. you know, crevices. They're not really a crevice. It's like two hills. Right, right. Two ditches and one big Valleys. hill in the middle. Yeah. Anyway, there are hills. And the main part of the city is like going across this. Okay. So there are two bridges that go over, not water, but just a big ditch. Right, right, right. Yeah. So the first bridge, well, I'm speaking from like where I was walking when I was on <laughs> this trip. One is first from either direction. Anyway, there's a north bridge and a south bridge. I could be getting these confused, but I think the North Bridge is the one that you can see. Okay. Um, it's like close to Edinburgh Castle. You can see it. They're both close to the castle. Whatever. <laughs> I don't have a map in front of me. It's exposed. Right. You can see that it's a bridge. Mm-hmm. And you know you're walking on it when you walk on it. Right. But the South Bridge, there are buildings built on either side of it. Oh, okay. So you can't see it. Gotcha. Um, in fact, I went to Edinburgh a couple times and had no idea there was another bridge. <laughs> <laughs> I walked on it, didn't know it was there. But like back in time, um, when the city was originally flourishing, it's like they were running out of space to put things on the main right. hill. So they just built up. And inside this bridge, there are like caverns, you know, like empty spaces like bridges have. Right. Um, and these empty spaces were underneath like shops and that's where like a lot of like shopkeepers would make their wares so it's like a tiered bridge yeah basically just a bunch of rooms underneath ground level gotcha okay um so shopkeepers who would sell their wares on top had like all of their wares made down below Mm -hmm. um when the plague happened of course enclosed dark damp yeah. spaces you know that's a it's kind of a breeding ground for death <laughs> and rats and stay away from cold dark damp places yeah yeah like under the congress i'm sure exactly um <laughs> but yeah so like shopkeepers and such had their stuff down there and like lots of people died from the plague and then like later in time like when people would get desperate for somewhere to live then you'd get like squatters who'd come in there right anyway so i took a tour of this bridge and it was really cool um the people who were giving the tour were very knowledgeable and everything and like they had like a map where you could see like when they were occupied by shop owners like okay which shop owners were making their things where that's fun and so um on this trip, I had some Vans high tops. This is actually important. <laughs> and um, they're the kind that have like the little metal like hooks at the top. Right. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I had had them for like a year or so at this point. I never untied them because every time I took them off, I just untwisted it. Yeah. Okay. That is relevant. I promise. <laughs> and as we're standing in one of the rooms, like listening to the guy talk, my feet got really cold. That's weird. And yeah. I was like, okay, well, I'm underground. It's like, true. Yeah. Kind of makes sense. And I looked down and watched my shoe get untied. That's like, crazy. The laces were like in the air. <laughs> what the fuck? And I was like, um, excuse me. <laughs> like, I didn't like see an apparition or anything. Right. But I watched my shoe get untied. Both of them. <laughs> Like, at the same time, or one, then the other? One, and then the other. That's insane. I wasn't about to, like, get down and do something Right, no. I was like, I'm not disturbing anything that's happening here. And it didn't feel like... You can kind of tell. It didn't feel malicious. Right. It felt, like, goofy. Yeah. It was just kind of like, I'm poking fun at you kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that happened. When we got into the next room, I tied my shoes again, because I was like, I'm going to trip. Yeah. 
die and then become a ghost. I didn't. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I look at the map, and in that room where we just were was a shoe shop. Gotcha. Like, that's where they made shoes. That's so funny. And at the end of the tour, I mean, like, went up to the tour guide, and I was like, hey, this thing just happened. <laughs> I swear I'm not making this up. And he's like, oh, yeah, that happens a lot. Yeah. He, he's like, it's one of the kids running around, I think, that used to work there. That's so funny. So, like, I guess some other people have, like, actually seen a kid okay. do that who, like, used to work there or something. Mm-hmm. But I just saw my shoes get untied, and it was whack. So. Yeah, I've talked about this before, but having something like that's physical to us that we can touch and see it move by itself that's crazy that's that's a lot to handle right i feel like that's actually more impactful than actually like seeing any sort of apparition right yeah like can i tell you my theory on apparitions of course i was thinking about this during one of your (laughs) other episodes but like how ghosts can appear in like the form of an orb or you can't see them at all or right. sometimes like you see a full person right and i think in your the last episode i listened to you were talking about how a lot of the times they're in like old timey garb right in my brain i'm imagining that ghosts have to like train <laughs> and get better at being ghosts before okay. they can like fully show themselves right, right, right so like i think part of it has something to do with like you as the witness and some of it has to do with like how good the ghost is at being a ghost (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah yeah. and i don't know maybe they can make the decision eventually of like do i want to be an orb today right or do i just want to be a cool gust of wind right (laughs) like i don't know that's my theory i mean that's could be very plausible it could be i don't know but what i do know is edinburgh is full of ghosts that's for sure <laughs> you saying that makes me think of uh beetlejuice the movie I haven't seen that after they die they all have to like sit in a waiting room and like wait for <laughs> like, it's that's what i think <laughs> ghost level one exactly yeah <laughs> um you've already stayed in the congress hotel so i can't ask if you would stay in a haunted but would you stay in a haunted room um, absolutely. I've also, um, I haven't actually stayed at the Stanley Hotel. Right. In case you haven't caught on, I'm from Colorado. <laughs> and not too far away from Estes Park where the Stanley Hotel is. Well, we the hotel we from The Shining. hiked nearby when I was visiting. We did. Yeah. We've been close to there together. We didn't go in, though. No. But I've been in there, and I would stay there. I would, too. Yeah. I want to do that really badly. Yeah. I mean... I would I would totally go stay in a haunted room in a hotel. Yeah, same. Honestly, you mentioning the Congress is good for weddings, I would totally get married in a haunted <laughs> hotel. <laughs> like, Why not? Right. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to talk about one of my personal ghost experiences. So I'm not reading a listener's because I'm just going to talk about one of mine because mine happened in the hotel that I worked at. <gasps> so... We're on themes of hotels and staying in hotels and stuff. And I worked at a fine dining restaurant that was part of the hotel. And when I first started working there, I had to open a lot of times. And because you're in a hotel, the restaurant has to be open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Right. So I had to be there very early (laughs) this one day. But it was stormy out. It was pouring. So I was not about to take the bus to work no way gross stand in the rain so i ubered why not and because it was raining so much and it was so early i'm talking like i usually left at like 4 a.m ew because i started at 5 a.m oh so i get there i change and get ready and blah 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 but because i'm ubering i probably left at like 4 30 you know um and we didn't pick anybody up it was a share ride and we didn't pick anybody so dropping off at like 15 minutes so I was there no later than like 4.45, but I believe I was there way earlier than that. And because of that, nobody else was there yet. There was no manager. There was no, like, my coworkers. The only other person was like the front desk manager at the time, but 
they stand at the front desk the entire time because they can't leave. Right. Um, and I kind of mentioned it before, but the hotel I was staying or working at was the Ambassador East because they also had Ambassador East, Ambassador West, and a tunnel that connected under State Street. Mm. But now they're owned by two different people, so the tunnel's bricked up. A little fun fact. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Ambassador East has, I think it's said six suites, and they're all named after the celebrities that stayed in them at the time. Okay. So one's like um, Frank Sinatra, but the one that I found most fascinating was Marilyn Monroe, because mm-hmm. she constantly stayed at that suite. And the rumor mill has it that Marilyn Monroe stayed in our hotel in the suite, and JFK spent the night in the other hotel, and they would secretly meet in the tunnel underneath State Ooh. Street. Apparently, there are photos of them together in Ooh. the tunnel underneath. Spicy. Floating around. Hot goss. Exactly. <laughs> but because of that, that's all. That space is all meant for workers. So all our lockers are in the basement of the hotel. And they all line the wall leading up to the door that leads to the tunnel. Got it. Um, so at the end of the hall, on the other side of the door where the tunnel is, it's all like meant for like cleaning supplies, extra furniture for events, that kind of... Set pieces. Stuff. <laughs> it's basically just yeah. stuff. And it's lingered out into like the regular hallways so there's the lockers that lined the wall and at the end of the lockers there's just like at the time there were there was two tables stacked on top of each other you know both uh tabletop to tabletop and then next to that was a stack of chairs Mm -hmm. probably like three or four chairs high and i was at my locker opening it spinning the little dial and as i was spinning it out of the left corner of my eye I saw somebody like peek out from behind the stack of chairs excuse you and just was like looking at me and I like froze at my locker and I was like well I'm the only person down here oh my gosh that area leads to nothing right it's not like it's an entrance or exit to anything it's a door that leads to a bricked up tunnel (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't right. go anywhere. So I was like, okay, if this is what I think it, it, what's happening is happening, I'm going to look to see. So as I turned my head to look, they like peeked back behind, they like hid back behind the furniture. And then as I turned my head to look back in my locker, they peeked back out to look at me. And that's the moment where I got like goosebumps all down my body. I was like, something right is not normal <laughs> right now. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to take five minutes. I'm going to walk away, go to the bathroom, whatever the case may be. And I'll come back in five minutes and see how I feel. I came back in five minutes and I felt nothing. There was no goosebumps. I didn't see anything. I didn't feel anything. Everything was just back to the way it was. And I worked there for a year and a half. And that was the only time I felt anything was that one moment. Weird. It was very strange. But, like, to me, it was a full-on apparition. Like, I saw... It was a kid. Okay. And he looked like he was dressed as, like, a newsboy. So he had the cap, the suspenders, and the... uh, He's an advanced ghost. He's been been gone for a while. He's been practicing. Exactly. He's like, he gets to see all of me and my hat. Yes. Yeah. It was... Yeah, I think... Before then, I've had other things, but that was the time that was, like, this is, like, a real thing. Right. And to see it, like, actually move more than once, like, it's not just, yeah. like, something stuck on your eyelash or something. Like, something is moving. Exactly. Based on your movements. Yes. So, yeah. That's what got me. Because, like, that's why I'm, random. I yeah. made a point of looking. Because I was, like, I need to just, for my own sanity, know if, like... I'm seeing something like an umbrella fall over. You know, something random like that. Right. But no, like like you said, it moved with my movement. Yeah, so it's responding to what you are doing. Exactly. Yeah, that's... That's creepy. And I've looked... I've tried looking it up. I can't find any 
ghost history or anything from the ambassador east um the only other story that i heard about at the hotel was that there was a maid and i don't know what time period Mm -hmm. but there was a maid that was going to clean rooms and as she was walking down the hall a man came out of his room and she said good morning as the as you do as an employee at a hotel it's always hello how are you this morning Right. And he ignored her or didn't hear her, so she repeated herself. And as she was saying good morning again, he like walked through her. And then oh. apparently she like quit that day. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh that ghost did not hear her. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay. So I definitely think I mean, again, it's an it's a very old hotel, like right, and it was very popular hotel because it was like the hotel to go to back in the day when you were traveling from New York to LA mm-hmm. or from coast to coast. You're traveling by train, right? So you always stop up in Chicago, fuel up, and while you do, you spend the night, right? Yeah, and so at the time, it was like the luxury hotel; everybody wanted to stay there, so you spent the night at the Ambassadors. And then in the morning, got back on the train and kept going. So, I have to imagine that, like, with all of the old hotels that are here in the city, right? Like, there are probably just so many like ghost stories that either we have not heard or haven't been like written down. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm. I was so excited to do this. I cannot tell you how excited I was. You can follow the podcast at Haunted Hometowns on Instagram and Twitter for photos from all the episodes and the special guests I have on each each week. And again, I'd love to hear your personal stories. So email hauntedhometownspodcast at gmail.com with your ghost stories. Could be anything from waking up to your bed shaking to your American Girl doll winking at you. Fun. <laughs> Let me know. And Dana Brown, where can they find Listen to You? Um, so I have, well, okay. So I have two Instagram accounts. One of them is for like personal slash art stuff because I do a lot of visual art. And that one is D-A-A-N-N-N-A-A-A-A. <laughs> it's just my name but like with one more duplicate each time. Extra letters. Yeah. The curses of having a very generic name. Um, the other one is called Baking by Dana. That's where you can find all my culinary adventures. Absolutely. And there's dots between each of the words. But yeah, that's where you can find me. And I'll tag her on Instagram. So Tag me. If you can't remember or you're too lazy to write it down, visit Haunted Hometowns on Instagram. Yeah, and it'll be I mean, easy. I mean, my first one has a lot of A's in it. <laughs> it's hard to remember how many. So thanks, Blake. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share the podcast because it really helps me out with getting more ghost stories for you to hear. And we'll see you all next week because everyone loves a ghost story. Yes, we do. I got some of this information from newspaper.com, article on Mystery Chicago by Adam Seltzer, Wikipedia, of course, and Time Out. The artwork is by the amazing Pepe Munoz. Follow him on Instagram at p.e.p.e.munoz, M-U-N-O-Z. And the music is by the one and only Ty Air. Follow him on Instagram at 4boyslikeme. That's F-O-R boys like me.